So what is a cell group church? There's a definition that's written out for you there. Okay, there's one other piece that needs to be added into that definition. That the function of these cell groups is that they are disciple-making communities. And so in a simple form, a cell group church is a network of disciple-making communities that gather weekly for celebration. And this network of... And the cells are growing and reproducing and carrying out the disciple-making. And they gather together regularly for celebration, often weekly. Now you realize in, in, in that this model of ministry will work even if you don't have Northern yep. Hemisphere. Where in the world is, this, is that model without the Northern Hemisphere functioning? Sheena. Absolutely. And so the, the, the key is that the life of the church in the cell group is to be found in the cells. And it can live with or without the big group. But it is much better if you can have the big group. Because it's always good to be a part of something that's bigger than what you're involved in and see that God is at work in many people's lives. And that's exciting. Okay, let's take a look at at some of the key roles. And let's do this briefly because I have some other notes in more detail we want to look at. Okay, there's three key roles that are there. You have the the cell, cell group leader. You have the Azubi leader. And you have the cell group coach. Those are three of the key roles. And notice there's four key activities that happen in a, in a group. They learn, they love, they act, and they decide. And what's the role of the small group leader? Next page. Don't worry, there's more details in, this, in this, these notes here. What would you be suppose would be some important capabilities for a small group leader? What would be some important uh, qualities? Let's, let's do a pop. Ken, he must be able to listen. Good. What else? He has to be spontaneous. Good. Yes, way up there. Ooh, er muss delegieren können. Good. Um, he should have the gift of the shepherd. He should be able to teach. He should pray. Hospitality. Discover, be able to discover gifts. To have a vision. Good. Okay, I think you got good understanding. Notice there's five things that are listed that kind of summarizes that summarizes the uh, the role or key responsibilities of a of a cell group leader. Now, in later on in the pages, there's actually a much more detailed description of what it, what it looks like, but this is in summary. Here is one very important thing, though, that I want to draw to your attention. In the typical home Bible study group, normally the, the, the small group leader is the one that does it all, much like the pastor in a traditional church does much of the ministry. In a cell group, it is different. The cell group leader is the one to see to it that all the things happen by mobilizing people's gifts in the group to carry out the various... So the cell leader does it with the others. So if we could draw a contrast, the traditional small group is often organized like a worship leader, like a a worship service, sorry, where there's pastor and then the people sit in the pews. And in fact, in the cell group leader, often it looks the same way. Oh no, cell group leader's not. Cell group leader's like a circle where there's lots of interaction going on. So there's lots of different communication happening. And there's connections with people that are happening outside of the group as well. And they're going out to, to reach out to networks of people. In the typical small group, they may sit in a circle, but the communication looks much more like this. And the ministry that's being done looks much more like that. So you see a big difference between 
the small group leader and the cell group leader. And so the cell group leader actually is helping to coach and mobilize people to utilize their gifts. You also notice that in here, very few gifts are really used. In this model, all the gifts that God has given for use today are used. So there's a little, those are some of the contrasts that you have between the traditional small group and the, this cell group we're talking about. The function and purpose of the small group is often nurture, teaching, fellowship. The cell group has those kinds of components, but it, it also is gathered for, for mutual encouragement and for reaching out to make more disciples. Now let's take a little bit more close, let's take a closer look at what really happens in a cell group. So we're now at the, at the bottom of page 31. This particular model for a cell group meeting comes from Ralph Neighbor. You've probably heard of uh, uh, Faith Community Baptist Church in Singapore. How many have heard of that church? Okay, it's one of the, one of the larger cell group churches that's functioning. I was able to visit there. In fact, I took a teaching assignment in Singapore primarily so I could go visit some of the cell group churches that are functioning in Singapore. And this is a church now in Singapore that is uh, running about 5,000 people or so. And they have like uh, 4,500 people in, in uh, cell groups. And uh, most of the people they're reaching are new converts. And Ralph Neighbor suggests four things that happen in this order in a, in a uh, cell group meeting. The icebreaker is the first one. Does that make any sense here? Do you have icebreakers that you do? Before you do exercise, it's a good idea to do some stretching. The purpose of an icebreaker is to help people to get reconnected with each other. The purpose Der is Zweck. connecting people person to person. That's weg. And so you can uh, ask a simple question to just help get people to start to relax and get reacquainted, reconnected with each other. What would be some examples of some icebreaker question? How do you do? That's a good one. <laughs> What's another one you could use? What did you enjoy doing before you came into the group this evening? Yes. Uh, what did your did your children get into trouble today? Yes. You could do one. I don't. It's hard to do icebreakers for different cultures. Okay. So, this, how would you describe your week if you could only pick one color to describe it? That might work here. If it doesn't work, then just blame it on the dumb American you heard the idea from and move on. Many different ideas. Do you understand the, 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 uh, the process here? It doesn't need to be long, five, ten minutes maximum. You're just getting people reconnected. The second is the time of, of worship. And in that, you can, you can uh, do some singing if you want to. Although sometimes it is hard to start with singing. How many have found that to be awkward to try and start with singing in a small group? So the, the, the word I would want to use here is the notion of worship. Because we're, we're connecting people to God. Let me ask you this question. How could you help people to worship without singing? Psalm lesen, read a mm -hmm. psalm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Listen to music. What else? Get to read a story. To show some pictures. How about, how about expressing praise through prayers? Start telling qualities of God that you appreciate to God. Same to have a time of thanksgiving to God. See, it is possible to help people to worship apart from music. 
what I've discovered is that sometimes we've taken the notion of worship to only be what happens in the worship service, and then we take that understanding of worship and try to trans- transfer that into the small group or the small cell group. And that can be a problem because then a person that might play a guitar would feel too threatened that it has to be professional. But the role of a, of a worship leader in a cell group is simply to guide people into the presence of God. That works best if you start with a reading of psalms or various scriptures and begin to prompt people to express praise to God verbally. As you know, the focus of worship is from man to God. And I find that as people begin to pray and begin to praise God through their prayers that they begin to enter into the presence of God. And then it would be very easy for someone to introduce a simple song that everybody would know to express praise to God through music. I find if you start with music, it feels too much like a performance and everybody is too self-conscious. But if you start with, with expressions of praise, either from the Psalms or from people's hearts, that that begins to interact, and they begin to worship, and then it's very easy to move into songs, and it it's not, doesn't matter if you're on key or off key, you're expressing your heart to God. So that is the time of opening our hearts to God. Then the third step is that of edification. And the term edification is very deliberate, because what does the word edify mean? It means to build up. That's Good. obvious in the word already. Yes. Yeah. German language is much more efficient. You know, you just put them together. There you have the word. The purpose here is God communicating to man through one another. That's why there is the use of various gifts and not just the use of one gift. Now, in the, in the typical small group, what's the one gift that's elevated above all the other gifts? The gift of teaching. Now, the gift of teaching is very important, but so is the gift of exhortation. And giving, and leadership, and hospitality. And all of those gifts functioning together build up the body, encourage each other to spiritual growth. That is the time of edification. The agenda is, is God changing us. And it happens in the biblical way that it happens, through the mutual ministry of one another to each other, in a supportive environment where that kind of encouragement to spiritual growth happens. Here's a question I'd like to ask. I'm not going to ask you to get in little groups and share the answer to this question, so feel safe. How many of you have a pretty good idea of at least one area in your life where God wants you to grow? Can I see your hands? Okay, almost every hand is going up. We know where God wants us to grow. What we need is a supportive, encouraging environment so that we can learn how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and begin to actually grow in that area. So one of the, one of the questions that would come out of a, of a time of edification would be something like this. What is God doing in your life right now? And what does He want to do? How can we help you and encourage you in that way? What is your plan that you're going to use to begin to apply this in your life? See, the, the difference between that and the typical small group 